Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just before we start the pod, we just want a bit of a warning. Uh, we do talk about eating disorders, and, and so if it triggers anything, uh, Dill, they probably maybe should skip this one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and sitting opposite me is a man who puts the tea in T-bone steak, Tarami Sue and Tinder. It's the one and only Dilruk Jaya Singer. Well done. Back to good form. There it is. See what I talked about last episode? There wasn't uh, I, enough zhuzh happening was, at the start. I, I, and I, I like it. What a great creative one. T-bone, Tinder, but also, well, how did you say Tiramisu? Tiramisu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you grew up on Ligon Street in Carlton, didn't you? Uh, down street in Carlton, but, but it's still, just one. one ben Lomas, we've got a very exciting yes, guest, yes, uh, one of the excited. most exciting uh, stand-up comedians coming up through the ranks. You would have seen her on Tonightly or uh, ABC's Utopia. Ladies and gentlemen, Nina Oyama! Yes! What's up, bitches? <laughs> What's good? I wanted to do the Nina Oyama, but then I thought people might just think I'm being uh, racially insensitive. <laughs> To Africans who sing The Lion King, yeah, first yeah. of all. But that is a line from your stand-up. And it was like a thousand years ago. I know, ago. but it works so well. Uh, we did have I'm, a Lion King reference last episode uh, and people got very angry. Did well, you finally figure it out then? I, I did. I got a, a lot of a lot of responses You got online. a lot of hate mail because you didn't know who Timon and Pumbaa were. What the fuck? Thank man? you. Oh, can we say fuck? Yes, no, you stupid can't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bad. no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know. I couldn't. Uh, it's terrible. And also, so but my kids people. haven't watched it yet. So I think that's not excuse you were a kid when it came out and <laughs> no, yeah. I was, I was an yes. adult 1993 how old were you I was 13 I wasn't yeah. watching that no you should 1993 guess how old I was you butt sperm zero yeah, yeah, yeah. I was butt sperm what did you say <laughs> a butt sperm I was a butt sperm That's how, I don't know how I was born it was like all anal for my parents and, um, and now I'm here like it's, it's like Mary in Christ <laughs> so, yeah, butt conception um, but I am here no I was born on August 18 19 93. Um, oh, yeah, so you might have not been born. Jesus, you're so young. Born, so, so that's incredible. Young. But you were you yeah. were probably in womb? I, I may reckon. have been Maybe in that's utero. Why, is that the word I was after? Yeah. I feel like this is the first episode, Ben, we and I have to do where we have to do a uh, content warning at the top, I feel like. Really? Normally, oh, normally I consider myself pretty filthy and crass, but I think uh, our guest, Nina Yama, I did not I, know I, this about you. Oh, my God. We, well, we hang out for a fair bit we when do. you're in town, so I know your uh, vile brain, Nina. And I don't it's want you R-rated. to- It's R-rated. It's, it's, it's XXX-rated, but not for- Sexual references, just for grot. Yeah, just look at your Twitter. Your Twitter. What's your most, uh, your pin tweet, the one that has the most? Oh, it's you here. Oh, fuck. I can't remember. It's about cums in pussies. Do you want me to find it? No, no, it's fine. Somebody told me today, good news, I'm on the Reddit front page for that tweet. So For that one that you've pinned? I think it's you say, me and my husband are trying for a child. I hear my husband's been doing big cums in my pussy. (laughs) Jesus Which Christ. is not wrong. So scientifically yeah. correct. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's an unless it's IVF, then she, they've been doing big cums into a bottle. But <laughs> I think for natural that, conception, yeah. that's a different type of kombucha. That's oh, what, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, dude, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, I was very excited to have you because yeah, off off mic, you and I have talked a lot about health and fitness and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, we work to work together on Utopia together, and there's a lot of chats around. Um, health and trying to eat healthy during was that around the catering table catering table yeah. and stuff like that so one of the things we've talked about is uh well before we get into your history with food and stuff like that where are you at now oh uh, i'm not i don't know <laughs> yeah right i'm like in a place where so when i started utopia dill i noticed this he did this thing where he'd get a sandwich and he'd take all the meat and veg out of the sandwich and like doesn't eat carbs like a yeah. psycho and he leaves these like little shells of like wraps but I was like oh that's pretty cool and so now I do it and now I don't eat carbs but I have stopped exercising but I have lost weight but when I'm stressed I eat really badly and also when I drink alcohol which is a lot I'll eat a bit worse yeah right okay yeah. there's a lot to unpack there yeah so first of all so bad I guess is <laughs> it's bad is what's situation yeah. now but it's quite funny because okay so um well school your history if you do because uh, uh, you've had a sort of a what's the word sordid word is that the word tough a sordid is it sordid a sordid past well I was orphaned at a very young age <laughs> <laughs> and I had to scrounge for food in the 1900s in England and it was <laughs> 
<laughs> After you were born tough. in 1993. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had like a really fucked up history with food because I used to be a dancer and I think like every dancer I know is like has a fucked up mm, relationship mm. with food. Because this is going to be interesting what for us of- because we have, Ben and I have talked a lot about eating disorders on the other end of the spectrum, which is mm. overeating and all, uh, but you fall to the the other, or the opposite end, which is undereating and stuff. I guess so. I mean, like I was. So what did you do? How old are you when you were dancing? So I was like, I started really young, like kindergarten or whatever. And then by like year seven and eight, I had to keep a food journal. Oh, like wow. for dance. So like they would write down. Year seven and eight. Well, how old yeah, are you in year so seven and eight? Oh, no. I'm like 12 and 13. I can already Because your daughter is, your ben, daughter Minka Ben goes to dance classes? Yes, my daughter does Mangala dance class. And we and we I love mean, what's it. What's Mangala dance? Is Mangala that, is. Uh, like Joseph seems Mangala, like, the <laughs> Nazi <laughs> the Nazi doctor? Yeah, we all. Oh, dude. That's not dancing, man. He's torturing babies. I just like I just like before dance. I'm just like pressing the SS uh, soldier suit, going, "Come on, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready." <laughs> uh, there's uh, another warning. <laughs> she comes home. Uh, she's like, "I was just taking orders, Dad. I was yeah. just taking orders." Dad. Um, um, no, Meg Gallery is. I thought we were going to go. I I can't believe I cut off my own roof because I was like, "Not nah, too far, deal." No, um, so Meg Gallery is uh, an indigenous dance group that started in the '60s. Oh, Bangara. No, no oh, that's, that's Indian. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to get you on because I'm I'm quite racist on this podcast to the Indians, and I think you're the first Asian that we have. And so finally, I feel like I'm, I have permission to be racist. The, um, I mean, I still don't have permission, but now I finally feel like I'm doing it to, in, it to the face of an Asian. At least. I know. So. Is this the first time you've had two people of color in the podcast? <laughs> Like, uh, same room. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. look who's a yeah. minority now, Ben. Uh, yes, I'll just take my <laughs> Dutch Anglo shit uh, out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think good. It might be. I think Let's talk be. about how good spicy food is. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Uh, you wouldn't understand. Well, I don't know. We, we, we didn't migrate to Indonesia and steal all their spice. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, well, the Dutch came to Sri Lanka as well at one point. So, no, Bad Gather is uh, an indigenous dance group that started off in the 60s. Uh, and so, quite often, a lot of parents who take their kids also went there when they were kids so it's just sort of free dancing so they always come up with a theme so last week the theme was uh swimming pool and balls so they pretend they're swimming in a in a swimming pool and the week before that was spiders like it's you know, it's really creative and it's no parents so every time you go in there it's just at the door you can fuck off like even Minka won't let me walk in yeah and then you come back and then at the end you go in and then they're doing something and you have to then sort of integrate yourself it's kind of cool that sounds really awesome um and Minka really really loves it but it's that same thing where it's like I worry about it because I've had friends who have become dancers and have it's led to uh, unhappy times. Yeah. So seven and you're seven and eight. How old are you at that point? So I'm like 12, 13. Okay. Yeah. So some real formative years for a, especially for a girl in teenage years. And I was twenty six. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 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 yeah. I repeated a lot of <laughs> year seven. Um. But I basically like I was pretty thin. Like I couldn't put on weight. But like. I don't know, just dancing makes you, like, crazy. And, like, even though I had, like, abs. Like, I had, like, an eight-pack. Like, I was, like, oh, one wow. of those freaky little muscly children. Like, I was just, like, a little muscle. That was, like uh, at, at age 13? At age, like, wow. 12 and 13. I was, like, ripped as shit because I just didn't. And I had to write down all my food in a diary and then show them to our dance teacher. But it was like competitive dancing. Like this, your dancing sounds really fun and really sweet and really nice, but I was doing real dancing. <laughs> <laughs> where like people actually had to train. No. Um, yeah, so it, it was, was really proper weird. skill. But, but it was kind of, of like, it was everything. It was like jazz, ballet, and we also had to do like. Um, Spiders and swimming pools? No, fuck no. I don't know. What, what about sheep? Sheep was one week. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> God, I wish. Um, would have been a lot of grass and um <laughs> But I think, like, pretty much just them, like, telling you, like, I would eat a salad and they would be like, they would be like, Nina, I want you to stand up and read your food journal to the class. How many in the class? Um, What, like, like 20, 30 people. Right, so but it was serious accountability. It was very competitive. And also, like, the dance teachers were pretty crazy. Like, they would make you, um, like, we'd have to do stretch classes and strength classes and then you had to go home after that and do your own stretch and strength for an hour every night. Right. So it was very intense. Was your mum um, one of these dance moms? No, like kind of reluctantly so. Like she wasn't – she like 
didn't she didn't drive me anywhere. She just kind of like made me catch the train and like do all that stuff. So she wasn't super hyper competitive, but a lot of the girls around me had those kinds of moms. Yeah. And mm. the dance school was very much like they were obsessed with becoming famous and they were like this quite <laughs> prestigious dance school called RG Dance. And they ended up on Dance Mums in the US and ended up being like a world famous dance school. But then it turned out the main guy who ran it was a convicted pedophile. That's right. Oh my and God. that was my dance teacher, Grant Davies. Um, and it was what? weird. Yeah, it was also really weird because we all knew. Was that your- that he dance. touched people, but we were kind of like, well, if he's not touching me, oh, it's fine. Which is that third warning, and we're yeah. up to 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What have we covered so far? We've covered pedophilia, yeah, yeah. Nazis, is, and buttholes. Buttholes. And yeah. cums and pussies. And cums wow, because this that was huge. Yeah. Like, that was like, and you didn't but just. But we t- all knew. Like, it was so weird. Like, because in my second year, half the people left because he was a pedophile. And then we were all like, well, I guess he's not touching us, so it's fine. But then the, when he got convicted, like, half the people that I talked to about it that were like, he's not touching me, he was touching them. So it was like really fucked up and really right. secretive. And it was also just like, it was like a cult. Like yeah. he would, we'd have these things called power naps where we would lie down on the ground and he would just like talk and like no. ask us okay. to bring up these memories. I not would, that he wouldn't. I'm, like, okay. I might, I might actually put a pin in it. I might. Oh, uh, really? Draw, yeah. Just because yeah. I think it's Triggering. just going to. No, it, it's just. <laughs> It's a it's a lot to un, uh, deal with on this podcast okay. while we're trying to talk about how what's your favorite fried it's chicken hilarious. place? It is it is to you, uh, it's but soul to soul in no. <laughs> let's put it yeah. this way: I don't want to yeah. I don't want to be dismissive of the whole in- no experience. We just have itself. to be very careful with just people. Have, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Just bec- purely because I mean we do try. <laughs> this to is keep a it safe as- space. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. I mean, yeah. like I said, I love to be racist on this podcast. It's not safe at all. You stupid jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um. <laughs> no, I just mean in terms of this particular topic. I don't yeah. think Ben and I are equipped uh, to be able to handle something um, that, like okay. that in a sensitive manner. To give it the gravity that it deserves without me making a dumb joke yeah. about yeah. it, that's going to probably uh, undo a lot of the experiences that people may have been going through. Okay. Because yeah. the it, vulnerability of our listeners is there as well. Cause they've, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, oh, I mean, this is oh, all going to stay in, by the way. No, no, no please don't apologize. Okay, no, I appreciate it. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll keep it all in. But yeah. I just want, I just, I I just feel like <laughs> before we delve any further into it, I feel like we probably should go back to the food diary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was just like, it was a very intense time. It was yeah. almost like a cult. So That's did, kind of okay, a cult of food eating. Sure. But in terms of the guy, the the, the convict, was it? did you find out while you were in school? Yes. So you're, okay. you're new. We all knew. Did the parents know? Some of the parents knew. Right, Jeez. okay. So then do you continue dancing after that? Um, so then I quit in year eight because I wanted to become a professional bassoon player. <laughs> but this is the other thing is during dance, like Why I bassoon? had really broad shoulders right. as well. So right. like – Every dance teacher would literally be like, oh, that's Nina. She's like Iron Woman. And people like nicknamed me Iron Woman in the studio. And it made me feel like shit because I wasn't like this. Like I was skinny, but I was like really broad, I think. And after yeah, that, right. that, that, Did that helped, messed would me that, up Would that form help for swimming? Um, like well, the, they say the broader me. shoulders and, you know, shorter frame. Nah. That's like, you, you don't want to hear that when you're a dancer. I wasn't good at swimming. Like <laughs> when I was in year four, I swam in like uh, the year below me's race. Because I knew I could win <laughs> and oh. I got an award and I didn't tell anyone. That you're actually younger. Yeah, I was meant to be in under 10s and I swam in the unders and nines. And I you bloody cheat. <laughs> but, like, that's I was bad at swimming is what I'm trying to say. Did, did no, you? but you're bad at being a good student is what you are. <laughs> well, it's, 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 uh, at the moment now I'm doing swimming lessons with my yeah. daughter. But we, What we, age category are you in? Uh, the, <laughs> under 13. The, 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 like, so Minka is not ready to do swimming lessons because she, she can't swim at all. So I've been taking her every Saturday morning and this is the last three weeks in a row. And it's just so funny because she thinks she's really good. And I was like, and she's like, I'm ready to start swimming lessons. I was like, look, I don't think you are, darling. She's like, watch. I was like, okay. Okay, well, just jump to the water and swim back. Just swim to the edge. That's all. If you can do that, I'll start putting you in swimming lessons. And she's like, okay. And then she jumps in and I was like, one hippopotamus, two hippopotamus. Oh, shit, i got to go get it because she convinced. Don't call your daughter hippopotamus. <laughs> that thing was like, she's underwater. She's going, I'm swimming. I was like, no, you're dying. <laughs> you're not swimming underwater. You can't get to the top. <laughs> That's not how oxygen uh, works. Wait, how old is she? She's four. 16. Okay. I, I thought because she, she was doing dancing that she was like, like 14. No, like, no. Oh, man, like that's a bit of a worry. But Well, David Goggins, who we talked about in the previous episode, he's a guy who couldn't swim pro- properly and then ended up you know, becoming a Navy SEAL. So yeah. maybe Minka's story could be maybe. about mm. becoming one of them. Well, maybe it's, she- not, you, it's not too late for your four-year-old daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to join the SEALs. So that's re- that's such a fucked up uh, start to the dance. Uh, I, the, 
you know that, that and so all this was coming out publicly and at oh, any no, point, it didn't come out publicly not then. Ages. It didn't come out to like oh, ten years later. Yeah. So this is what I was trying to want to get to. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so so you quit dancing because of that stuff? No, I quit dancing to become a professional bassoon the player. Bassoon player. Because bassoon, right. I loved bassoon at the time. It's a beautiful sound. It is an it's amazing. It's absolutely stunning. I'm it's, a clarinet player and I used to want to play the bassoon. I love so it. It is a it's a cool instrument. Yep. I'll give you that. Also, I love like a woodwind. I love a woodwind yeah. brother, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when someone's like, I'm on Oba, I'm like, I'm like, oh, woodwind brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently in the. <laughs> if someone's like, I play the trumpet, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> well, I, I'm no saxophone? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, no, well, that's not in the orchestra, man. Bassoons but, are an orchestral instrument. Yeah. Oh, okay. because okay. I, at my school, at my primary school, I wanted to play saxophone, uh, but they couldn't afford a saxophone. <laughs> so they got a clarinet. But then we had to share the clarinet between six of us in a class, which was absolutely oh disgusting. Did you change reeds at least? No. Oh. oh! And then I remember because the, I remember it not till later. It, it was trips, like right? they, they'd have like this cleaning thing, but then it, it, the box that they put it in was called the AIDS box. Oh. <laughs> so they'd open up the AIDS box, and then you'd wipe it down. And you'd you wouldn't suck change from the, the AIDS read. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, I know. Christ, man. It was so wrong. Like, it was so, so wrong. Gross. And then, but then I remember the first six uh, lessons we had, we, they hadn't got a clarinet, so it was just it was just breathing exercises. I was like, this is so fucking boring. <laughs> but then I ended up playing clarinet for eight years. Oh and wow! I, and I absolutely loved it. But then I really wanted to get the bassoon, um, but it was just they are so they expensive. are so expensive, like insane. Well, the reason I played bassoon because I originally played the flute, and then there were too many flautists at my school, so they were like, "Well, some of you have to play the bassoon," and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Because yeah. it looks like a bong and. And it yeah. sounds like a fart. So it's just like a combination. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. I didn't know what a bong was at the time, but I was like, it's weird. It's a weird looking instrument. And also right? the sound it makes, I always think every time I hear it, it just sounds like you're walking through a forest, everything's great. What will you find out? Yeah. Is that the bassoon? It's yeah. got a little. That sounds like a piccolo. No, no, no. no, no. It's, it's, got, it's, do, do, yeah. it's the like, um,. The grandpa in Peter and the Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, It's amazing. But the thing is, when it goes high, it sounds beautiful. It's like a French horn sound almost. It's so, it's and like, its and mid-range the, is like a viola. Like it can kind of change its tone, which is really yeah. cool. And also you oh, need- Oh, it's a weird look. It definitely looks like And you really need bomb. the stomach muscles because the reed is so small. The reed is fucked, by oh. the way. This is a That's a piano. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so cool. What will I find I in the forest? Ah, uh, hear what you're saying. Right, 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 right. Oh, look, there's the pinball yeah. from the dance class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was playing bassoon to get away from you. Oh. Here. He's got his bassoon out. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's the flute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, so then what happens to fitness when you decide to become a musician? Well... During that time, I also start working at McDonald's and I just, like, get really fat because I'm also sitting down a lot to play bassoon right. and I don't really so like, how do So how did you get – sorry. Pardon? How did you how, – like, how far did you go with the bassoon? Um, <laughs> what grade? When I was in year nine, I, like – was gonna I would I was obsessed with the Berlin Philharmonic, which is like the best orchestra in the world. And I used to I snuck into the no, opera the house Columbia to one's see them. Better. Shut up, Dill. You know shit about the orchestras. <laughs> you even know what a bassoon is. How can you know anything? Anyway, do you even know who Simon Rydell is? Oh no. my god, um, I, love I got him. him tattooed on my butt cheek. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, not that I've seen you. Anyway, um, but basically, show me the butt cheek. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many threads. Yeah. So Prove many it. threads running through your brain. You're about to actually have an aneurysm. Um. Anyways, so how I, long you what? How long did you get through as a bassoon? I played till year twelve, and then Fuck. I dropped out. So of the school. German Philharmonic is what you were saying. But the thing, well, the thing is, like, I was obsessed with it for the first three years, and then I got into this really good orchestra because I was like, I want to go to the con. I want to become a professional player. But then the summer of that, I just didn't practice because I used to practice like one or two hours a day and I just didn't practice over the summer and by the time I got to the first rehearsal I had forgotten how to play the bassoon like my embouchure which is the what yep. you the your mouth shape when you're playing the bassoon if you don't play the bassoon every day you lose the muscles, you lose the muscles. Oh, wow. it's literally yeah so, so I so your lips play. are ripped to shit my lips used to be ripped like and then they just went flubby over the summer <laughs> and I couldn't play my bassoon this really big really? and then I hated playing bassoon for three years after that because right. I just felt like shit yeah right right the shame around being putting weight on your in your lips yeah 
in my lips and my butt. It was just like so. When you say there's the muscle memory in your mouth, because I've yeah. I've started playing clarinet again, and it's really hard. Like by the end, my jaw is absolutely killing. Because yeah. all I wanted. Do you play clarinet? So I've just started playing again, oh. right? Just so like I think it's something for the kids, right? And and, and my son Tao well. really likes it. But there's only one song I want to learn how to play, and it's hard, but I'm getting there. Is killing it killing in the name of no. Oh, it's, Flight of the Bumblebee? Uh, no. Uh. It's uh, the when you enter the cafe in Star Wars. Star Wars Cantina, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to get that one down. That'd be a hard one. It's a lot of, really lot of intervals. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, shout out to Steel Wars podcast. Uh, um, so tell me, um, with uh, when you said you got you put on weight, how how, how much are we talking? We, when you said you felt like you got fat when you were like, in your teens. Well, I never weighed myself, but I went from like a size six to like a size twelve. Oh, so nearly like double. That's yeah, literally so, like, double. Heaps of that's weight. not double, like it's, isn't it? And no, it's still no. not like a big. It's not big. Not it's not big for a woman. Do you know like, what I realize? Um, yeah, I do. Right. Okay. Show me to send you them to you, and you can put them on. I also had bangs, like really hard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Black yeah. bangs How old were on you? my face. Um, I was probably like 15, 16. Right, right. And did you notice? Did you feel like this is what we wanted? Because me and Ben have talked about how you know that moment where you start putting on weight. Initially, as a kid, you don't really know for a while. Yeah. But because you are, because you don't know as a child, you just think this is what my life is. Yeah. But as someone who was. Thinking about food diaries and and you know eight packs and stuff like that at such a young age, when you start putting on, did you have that awareness? No, I didn't realize that I was fat until like one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like yeah, I literally yeah, yeah. just like I can't fit into half my clothes. Like, what am I All doing? Right. Like, and then I just and was yeah. it the Maccas? Um, I'd say so because everyone tells you when you start working Maccas, they're like, "Oh, you know you." Once you work there, you won't want to eat the food. And I was like, no, that's so wrong. You eat the food more because it's free and it's there. I know. Like, just yeah, a cheeky can, nugget. Yeah, you can just take your chippies or whatever oh, and it's, yeah. it's like closing time. Oh, no, no oh, it's so good. Like, I um, almost got a job on, at KFC until a friend of mine like talked me out of it saying that if you do it, you actually will die because I love KFC so much, especially at the time as well. Um and you just basically what my friend she said was they'd put the put a new batch on just before they're about to close, and then it's like oh no we couldn't sell any of these I guess we got to take it home oh, yeah. so they just have KFC every night almost because I I, I I argued maybe it'll give me an aversion to it by having to deal with nah, it so often it, no it doesn't it makes you like addicted to it because like junk food's yeah. already like crack and when you yeah. are there every day and like the ice cream's there like you're not supposed to eat the ice cream but you can you can you're not <laughs> supposed to yeah you can make like mad food combos like we used to. Do just like challenges. What's your favorite one that you've? Oh, what's God. the most like craziest one you guys did? My favorite Sunday combo with it was like literally everything except for strawberry, and then with a mashed up like it was every topping it was like Oreo topping, M M&M and M topping, chocolate topping, caramel topping, soft serve, and then you put in a mashed up apple pie, and you just like swirl all around. It was so fucking good. That's that we should be able to make amazing. that happen. Surely you can still yeah, order every can, everything in one of those and then just mash it up together. Yeah, yourself. you can hack the menu, but it's like it's better when it's free because it's like not supposed to. And then, you know, but then you started experimenting because like I was skinny. I didn't get fat till I hit my twenties, like yeah. twenty. 21, that's when I started putting on weight. But then I worked at a bar where they had a fryer as well. And my best friend there was like, and this was in the Netherlands, so this thing called cast flummages, which was deep fried cheese. Fuck. So you'd get, they'd order like a bowl and it'd come in like eight of them, right? And so I was in charge of the deep fryer. And my friend Eric always explains the meeting he had with our manager. He goes, look, something doesn't add up. We're doing the books. It says that we've sold 23 of these uh, cast flummages. However, we've gone through five boxes full and it was like, and like it was like maybe like 20 per box. And does everyone just like turn around and look right yeah, at you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you got all the crumbs on your face. Yeah. And then I remember like, I was like, and then he said, Ben ate them all. And they were like, what, the new Australian? And then this is Eric's, this is Eric's like, because he didn't want me to lose the job because we were becoming friends. He's like, he's finding it hard to culturally adapt. Uh, <laughs> so cute. So sweet. <laughs> Even Back in his I culture, am- that's how they do things. Yeah. And considering I am Dutch. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but, con- it's convict culture. We don't get it. But it became, a, yeah. it became an addiction. I would have to – I need to know that there was always some ready to go. So I could yeah. just snack so on funny. it. And it was just deep fried cheese. And it's like even when I look at it now, I just go – I was. It was crack. It was just pure crack. Yeah. And and with the uh, actual the 
the burgers and stuff, did you fuck around with that? Oh, hells yeah. What did you it's mix like, up? Um, land, what is it, like land, water and sea or whatever? Would you do no? chicken, beef and <laughs> fish and you just land, make a big burger? Water, well, water and sea is the same. Hang on. What is Hang it? on. Land. Uh, fish. Surf, land. turf. Fish, surf, turf, and surf, turf, and, and barn, barn. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what is, what's it called? Like so, um, land, sea, and air. That's it. Oh, so the chicken so flies. The chicken's the air. Right, right, the right. The beef yeah. is the land. Earth, and wind, then, and fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so yeah, you put all those together. Oh Stag yeah. It. Fuck, let's do that now. We, that would be cheat absolutely day. amazing. Cheat, cheat, cheat day. Okay, it's yeah. So not you basically, good. No, of course, not, it doesn't. Wouldn't even taste stupid. good. It wouldn't yeah. even taste good. It doesn't. No. So I'm thinking like a beef patty, a quarter pound of patty. With McChicken, mm-hmm. with uh, filet of fish, fuck. Nah, but you don't get McChicken the, patty. You get the uh, crispy. The the, what's that one that's called? Chicken Deluxe, because it's made okay. with the kind of fried chicken outside with all the pepper. See, I haven't. And I have Angus uh, patty. Angus has special too. seasoning. That's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. disgusting. I'm already like because I can't. Kind of so how long did you work there? Oh, like two years. Oh no, way more. Like four or five years. And that's and then why I, you started putting the whale. Yeah, and then I got. What were you getting paid? What were you getting paid? Tell us about that. Because yeah. I just never came to work. Why are you fucking time? having the ice cream all the time? No, because no, I was doing stand-up and I just kept getting, like, really hammered and, like, being drunk all the time. And yeah, then you I would start up to stand- work, like. What time? What, how old were you when you started stand-up? Like, 17. Jesus. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. So class sometimes clowns I'd, or not? Class. You, oh, you went straight into Raw. No, I did class clowns class and Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. tell, well, before we jump too far ahead into the comedy stuff. Well, actually, you know what? That's not a bad place to go with. Um, comedy, we've talked about how it's very... Uh, Difficult place to stay healthy with a lot of boozing around. So you're 17 and you already started getting into that habit of it. Yeah, and Booze. I was also like real bulimic by that time as well because I saw it on Gossip Girl, Blair Waldorf. She throws up and she's like um, she's like one of the, the main hottest girls in that show, Serena and Blair. But they would have surely, no, in terms of bulimia, where, yeah, both of us just blanked. Yeah, but in terms of bulimia, they would have obviously shown it in a way that it made it negative, right? No. They were literally like, we have to stop Blair's bulimia. But then she would be like so th- good looking all the time. She would wear really cool clothes. And there was also another TV show called Skins where there was a girl called Cassie. Um, who, Skins has got Dave Patel in it, right? Yeah, Dave Patel. Yeah. So it was that series and there was a girl um, who was very, very thin and she was always in like bikinis and underwear and stuff and she would always say like, I didn't eat so I could be lovely. And like, <laughs> like I know that's a bad impersonation but like no, no, that was literally her catchphrase. She'd be like, but I didn't eat so I could be lovely. And like a whole generation of girls, like everybody I know that's really? my age is like, because it, it literally like triggered this idea of like oh, you shouldn't wow. eat. And even though they were trying to get her better from her eating disorder, it like has the oppo- opposite effect. And I was like on eating disorder blogs, can I talk about eating disorder Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's at least within the theme of yeah, podcast true. as opposed to Kitty Fiddlers. Yeah, thank you. Um, See, I didn't want to say something like Kitty Fiddler. That's why I try to avoid it. And look at me, I'm back at yeah. uh, I'm sorry, line. everyone. Um, but yeah, like. But no, no, please do. I mean, yeah, and anyone who is obviously, uh, you know, uh, affected by it, maybe skip this episode. But yeah, I yeah. do want to understand how that comes about, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, if this is triggering for you, don't listen. But basically, like, there was a tum. Do you know Tumblr.com? Yeah. It's well, famous it's for like- porn gifts and now it's famous for banning those porn gifts. Um, but it, like, they have really niche communities. And so there's, like, you know, fandom communities, but there was also a really big eating disorder community where you just reblog pictures of like girls that are really thin. Um, and so you guys would never end up on it, just so you know. Um, <laughs> you're safe. But like So they're shaming or no, supporting. they are like they are pro they they call themselves pro Anna or pro Mia, which is anorexia <gasps> and bulimia. Fuck me, and that what you do is you put like I had a profile that was like called I don't know I want to be thin or some shit I don't know. So, they so all you created reason. a profile. I created a profile and I befriended all these other people that were suffering from eating disorders and you all have a shared delusion and it's like the fact that you band together and like I would text like my friend that I made from Tumblr and like honestly it could have been just like a 50-year-old pervert in like Brisbane or whatever but um yeah she said she was called Brittany and so I would text her like oh today I ate like a packet of lollies but it's okay because I purged it all or whatever. Yeah so purge is spewing it. Yeah and then if I said like oh I ate a pack of chips she'd be like well are you gonna purge it and I'd be like yeah and she'd be like make sure you purge it and she would keep me in line and I would do the same for her. So what's the how do you get to that point I feel like I I might have lost the, the 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 jump we made so we go to Mac as we you, you put on weight and yep. then you decide you want to make a change. Yeah. And you start. What's the first thing that happens? Um, do you, do you, so you get five for Maccas. 
And how uh, old? Oh are no, you? I got fired from Macca's like way after that. But how old are you when this starts? Probably sixteen, I'd say. So you're still at high school. Still at high school, still playing the bassoon, um, and I kind of only realised that I was fat in year ten, which is when I was sixteen, because right. people would say because um, I was also doing rowing at the time, and because I was exercising in commas, I would just eat even more, and people would say to me like, "Oh, we don't want to." Someone they would always make jokes about my weight, and like they would say I was a tank, and like that they didn't want to date me or whatever, like a lot of boys, yeah, which right. like at the time I was like so devastated by it. But now I'm like, I wouldn't date any of those idiots anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, time, I went to North Sydney Girls. So it was like everybody was like an, like a tiny Asian person because I went to a school of selective and so it was yeah. like 90% Chinese and all my friends were like buying clothes in the kids section. Right. So well, white people um, like – It's a private school. The, was no, it's a selective – Public school, yeah, oh, like yeah, Melbourne like High, Melbourne here High yeah. yeah. So was uh, was uh, like Caucasians the minority? Yeah, that we had the white group. Um, we had the curry group. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. The curries uh, um, really bound together. That's the only time Indians and Sri Lankans really kind of bond is when yeah, they're sort of having to. Yeah. I, I remember. By the way, we called it the curry group out of like everyone referred to Indian people as curries, and now yeah. I'm like, oh, when I say that, I'm like, oh, hang on, shouldn't say it. Yeah, I don't know. I've always been okay with the. F- Term curry uh, in terms as opposed to packy. Packy feels like it's really else. offensive for me. Uh, I re- but to know that curry. I don't say <laughs> I, like that what's the uh, equivalent for Asians? Well, everyone was Asian, so it was just like Asian, ground yeah. zero. So well, you would say if someone was white, which was really interesting, you'd be like, "Oh, Jessica, well, she's the white one." Like, "Oh, uh, white yeah. Jessica, gotcha." You know? I, yeah, yeah. I tried to get into Melbourne High, and I, ne- I just never, I'll never forget this. We had to do the big exam. There's two big exams, and the first one, I'm in there, and there's all these parents just grilling these kids. Most of them were Asian, uh, and they were just grilling them, grilling them. And I was in a class. I was the only white one. The exam's coming, and then I remember it was just like they did the roll call, and it was like. Uh, Lomi, 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 Lomi. Oh, no, it was Lomas, Lomi, 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 Lomi. Everyone was called Lomi. Like, and That's it was just, so wow. weird. it was so weird. There's a type I've of never... massage called Lomi, Lomi. <laughs> you sure that was not what they were offering? <laughs> but I remember just like, I was like, wow. And like, some of my friends got in and it was just in because it was all boys yeah. as well. They were just like, it was just crazy. And then they, they were the minority. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was fucking sick. I wish we could go back to those days. My God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. So, yeah, yeah so, so then the, how do you find out? So you decided you want to start losing weight. Yes. Do you remember what were the first few things? Like I feel like I want to talk about it purely because I want to avoid the slippery slope aspect of it. Ben and I talked about this uh, for me um, middle of last year where I felt like I was getting this such a high from people giving me compliments about how much weight I was losing mm-hmm. that I really wanted to start distancing myself from putting too much value into the compliments because subconsciously it keeps telling me, uh, my brain, that, oh, if you keep losing weight, people will like you more. Yeah. And so that kind of, and also the flip side is as soon as I put on a little bit of weight, it's like telling myself I'm a failure, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. So to avoid that, I, I do enjoy the compliments, but I don't uh, wallow in. I don't like celebrate it over and over again. Yeah, I'm losing weight. It's more yeah. like, oh, thank you. Thanks for noticing. I appreciate that. I, you know, this is a problem I'm dealing with and people are noticing that I'm taking a positive change mm. and lock clipping it there rather than going, I'm a better person the more I lose. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like rather than focusing on that. So the reason I'm asking is, is like, so for you, did you find that at which point was it a healthy decision to, to start to decide to lose weight and which point did it tip over? Um, I think I like consciously had like I decided I would have an eating disorder. Like I think oh, that's really? well, yeah, because yeah. I watched two of these like amazing so skins TV shows, and, and, Skins and, and, and uh, Gossip Girl, Gossip Girl right. and I went and I think even the OC had like a anorexia plotline, and me, I was Michelle like, Barton's that's the yeah, only way. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, but I was just like, that's the only way. Like in my mind, I was like, this is the only way to wow. lose weight for me is to vomit up food and I had a scar on my knuckle because like when you put your fingers down your throat you get like a bite mark on your hand and like the skin will split once you do it too many times so there's like I don't think I have it anymore because like I haven't done that in a long time but like I had this huge big red rash on like gaping wound yeah, on my yeah, see, I, I have a scar from playing video games down here in my oh, wrist that's from so playing, pathetic. Know, from playing uh, Need for Speed because yeah. that's where the yeah, um, computing apps. Yeah. Why would there be a scar on my wrist be? there, Ben Lomas? I'm pubes, talking about just like a, yeah, like a yeah. really thick pube. <laughs> my question is because I, I have had a friend who's gone down this path and she said that she decided and it was in high school as well yeah. and she uh, it went, it went to a point where she was hospitalised and, and went stretched. Did you do this with someone or did you do this solo? No. Well, Brittany. I did it by myself, but I 
found an online community that supported me. So there's no one at school. So did anyone from school know you were doing it? No, but people at school were doing it because they would say like, I had a friend called Maddie who was like in the cool group and she would always be like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat this burger, but then I'm going to throw it up. And then she would joke about it, but we were like, and there were people that would lose weight at school and they would all go, it's because I have vomited up all my food. And so there was like already a culture of pro eating disorder. Right. So what were the teachers doing? This is where I don't get. How did the teachers- Well, they don't say it around the teachers. Teachers aren't everywhere, man. Also, I like, never mm. showed up to school half the time because I hated school because I wasn't right. good at it. So it's like what? hanging out with like anorexic dirt bags. Um, uh, and that's so funny that you said that. That were really I- smart from selective school but like also fucking idiots. Well, that's the thing because I know I know from uh, hanging out that I know how smart you are, like even in terms of Sudoku Shut and all those things. Shut the fuck up, No, Dude, I know. Stop fucking- <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> Uh, how, tell people how quickly you do the diabolical <laughs> qu- uh, Sudoku on and the Age Thursdays. I don't do it that quickly. You do Takes it in less like, than ten minutes. You fucking okay, weirdo. Sometimes, yeah. My on point is, day. you're smart, and you whatever it is. Oh my you god, have a stop it, <laughs> <laughs> guys! You don't know. Let how it take long a fucking compliment for Dill to do the cryptic crossword every day. No, okay, <laughs> sorry. I love it. You're doing the Sudoku, throwing up, and you're eating a T-bone steak. <laughs> Never doing it. I'm just keeping that in. Yeah, me and Dill split the paper. Yeah, like she eats it. (laughs) Yeah, I wipe my ass with it afterwards. No, but um, my spewed up. So that's funny. So you, so you, did you find? So you felt like you just didn't apply yourself in school, and that was frustrating. That that alone. Oh yeah, that and like I didn't have a good relationship with my parents. I was like very socially isolated, and I also like. I think I would. I was just very anxious and depressed, so I convinced myself that everyone hated me and then I think it was kind of like everyone hates you because you're, you're fat or whatever. Right. And it was a very – and I don't know, just all the culture they consumed was like very thin women. So then I kind of went into this hole. And then yeah. and pep, and then just continually supported by this online presence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know about just this online thing. Phenomenal because there's one thing like when my friend did it, you know, the internet was just starting. So eventually when she came back to school, she was razor thin, like it was horrible. But mm. she, the only other person she could relate to was the other people going through it in rehab right that was her only thing where they would and then they'd have to be separated but this you had access to this online presence every time oh every day and not only that is like there was a girl at the nearby high school who was like really fat and she became anorexic and then she became a model and i was like oh my god if i become really thin i can be a model oh i just brought up the mic i was really excited about being a model but there was that whole like thing like everything that i did like fed into yeah being thin was so important. So Ironically, then, except feeding yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then this really awesome thing happened. I guess it wasn't awesome. Um, is I started taking dance classes again and I like immediately broke my ACL like on stage at a concert because, of course, I broke it on stage at a concert. Well, is it anything to do with not, not enough nutrition in your bones and stuff? Uh, is that how it works? I don't think so. Or just I think getting just, straight like, back into it. Family history of uh, right. shitty ACLs. But the thing is like then I had to go and have a surgery and I couldn't eat for three months. Like I just couldn't. Like, because I was on Panadine Fort, and when you go on Panadine Fort, you just don't want to eat a lot. Yep. Like, you just suppress your appetite. So I didn't okay. eat for three months, and I came back to school, and I was, like, super thin. And, and, feel, like, and at that point, feeling good about yourself. And everyone was like, you look so good. Like, yeah. everyone was like, man, you got so hot over this. I'm like, what was your secret? And I'm like, I get crippling ill. <laughs> like, just, like, crippled <laughs> myself. And, well, this um, is something that I think. I only eat pills. <laughs> this is something quite important to, to talk about, I think, is because that reinforcing the compliment on, especially a, a teenager, like, you know, you're looking better the more you lose. It is mm. such a, sub, especially subconsciously, maybe consciously it might be all, and it's all is usually well-intentioned or maybe just misguided Mm. but all it's saying to your brain is yeah Correct. You're yeah. reinfor- your your fee- you know basically complementing the the behavior, and you know that the trajectory is that, that. So as long as the trajectory is downwards, then that I'm I'm going to get more compliments. And and yeah. the obsessiveness behind it. This is what I, I'm fascinated because we had a Jacques Baradon and he was talking about wanting to lose weight, and he was like, you know, it was really hard, and and he was getting picked on, but then he'd switch over to humor and throw it back. But I feel like especially with women in that circles, and then what's perpetuated in the media, it becomes obsessive. That that oh, it absolutely. just is that vicious cycle that you just keep going and going so yeah. how did you break out of that um oh i didn't how long did years. you go for, for how, yeah years i think like it definitely started when i was 15 16 and i think i didn't 
like I still have eating issues now, but I wasn't free of that mentality until maybe 21. But then every summer after that, it it comes back. Like literally every summer I go insane and I stop eating and I just start exercising. Um, Not so much this summer because I was in a relationship and when yeah. you're in a relationship you're like I don't care like, yeah, yeah that's interesting someone will love me anyway because I think the other thing is like when you're in a girl in high school you're like if I'm skinny they'll accept me like it's this weird right. like, like yes, I, I have, want the I, popular girls to be my friends so <laughs> yeah. they, I'm a little nerd girl <laughs> like you know well because we've talked a number of times about how all of this for us in terms of overeating uh, is always so much more psychological than it is anything to do biological or not that it isn't anything to do but mm. it starts with the psychology around it um, so it makes perfect sense with underreading as well, being yeah. that wanting to feel like you belong with the cool group. I have two questions and feel uh, answer it whichever order you think is better to answer it in. Come at me, bro. Two I'm que- fucking ready. Number one, what is what is the how did you pull yourself out of it? And then like how did you when at which point did you realize I need to get this sorted out and how did that take place? And the second question is if someone is in the middle of this right now listening what are the things that you sort of wished you know nina who's 15 16 going through this now knowing how delusional you were at the time are there is there anything you could say that could pull the person out of that delusion um oh. so that's why I, I feel like it's two different questions yeah i'll answer the first one first so the way like i didn't it was a slow process so my parents had like an intervention yeah because they noticed that there was something up because i would go into my room with all these snacks like i would always have the same like i'd have like a block of dark forest chocolate sour worms something and i would always eat it right before dinner like i would eat like so I eat like 8,000 calories worth of food and I'd have it right before dinner. Then I'd have smashed dinner straight after that and then I would just go to the bathroom and I'd turn on the shower and I would just like throw it all up. Like Fucking that's hell. how it would go. And it was also my parents, they always complimented me when I was younger on being like a good eater and I was really annoyed. I remember when I was in the midst of my eating disorder, I was like, if they didn't compliment me on how good I was eating, I wouldn't feel the need to always finish my plate because I was yeah, very competitive. So there was right. like kind of that whole thing. So I would overeat and then I would vomit it up but they eventually like ended up yelling at me and I had to go to like a child psychologist and they were like look at her fingers like they were very confronted by it and also didn't necessarily how long deal with in, it in the nicest way but yeah how long until they more shame, was there shame involved in in the in, way that they, they told me yeah, yeah. yeah and they were like look at her like how fucking dare she <laughs> like yeah because i can imagine if you're so great comforting sure oh, i mean I, I, yeah okay fair yeah. Enough. because they took the time to intervene yeah like, that is not an easy thing no. because one you've got to you, you don't want to push your child away you don't want them to go to the streets you don't want them to leave home mm. it's really tricky like because I, I just don't understand as a parent, like, how long did it take till they realise? Like, we, how long were you able to hide it? Oh, I'd say, like, a year maybe. <sighs> right, okay. And then, But I think they probably knew something and it was only when he, they decided to Right, to approach action. it, yeah, sure. And then I had to. They started their own Tumblr online. Yeah. We'll get so there. Like, My daughter's a fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> I love the oboe and eating disorders. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they found, because we had one shared laptop as well, because my family, like, didn't really believe in computers. So, like. It happened with my brother. Like we found his porn website one time and it was like, oh, George, like don't do that. And then with me it was like you, we found your eating disorder blogs and like wow. you need to get help. So then after that I stopped throwing up did you, food. Did you have resistance to the idea of needing help or did you oh, – st- you knew they were right? Well, because I was like in your brain when you have an eating disorder you're like – you're like, you don't want to help me. You just want me to be fat. Like that's literally yeah. – it's not like, oh, I, you don't care. It's not – it's not like you care about me and you want me to be healthy. It's literally like these idiots want me to be fat. They think I'll be – like they just want me to be fat and they're right. evil. Like that's yeah, literally yeah, yeah. the narrative you're telling yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so so initially there's resistance. And then- oh, yeah. But it was also just like I then made a commitment once I started going to treatment. I was like I'm not going to throw up anymore. Mm-hmm. But that did manifest in like I'm going to run 20 kilometres every day right. and I'm not going to go to school because I would sneak out of my house at like – like 8 p.m. and I would run across the Harbour Bridge because I lived in Sydney and I'd run across the Harbour Bridge 20 times and it's like a kilometre each way. Wow. And then I would walk back home and it took about 40 minutes to walk home from the Harbour Bridge and I would walk home backwards because I remember Miranda Kerr walked backwards in her workout routine. So I'd walk home backwards My the whole God, way. seeing a sweaty Asian teenager <laughs> like, girl walking backwards would make me think someone's filming the ring or something. Yeah, like, like, what the fuck is or happening? Or someone's Full doing psycho. a lot of crack. <laughs> yeah, and then I would go back home and I would just like go to bed at like 
5 a.m. Like I would just spend the whole night running and then I wouldn't go to school because I was like too tired, whatever. Fucking and hell. that okay. went on for a long time. Is, <laughs> that, is, that, is there, yeah, so, so even if you're not throwing stuff up, you're still finding a way to obsessively get rid of the calories. Yeah, I think it's called exercise bulimia. Yeah, that's, right. what, it, no, that's what it is called. God, this has stopped being funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this no, is like it, so it, dark. No, but, but, exactly. Um, I mean, but, yeah. but again, like every time we have a new guest on, they yeah. come up with something that we haven't heard. And, and we've come up from the other way that we've – over eight, and then it yeah. became an issue. You know, if we were living together, basically we'd get you to throw up in our mouth. Going, yeah. Yeah. Give us all the we'd calories. Like, bir- like a baby bird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then push each other out of the way. I want more. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But, but what, That's disgusting. Because this is, I, I guess, with it, like at the moment now, how things are trending with, especially with Instagram, and how you know you, you've come through that age where the internet was prevalent. There were blogs. Uh, there were people. The support network that that seems to be getting more out of control. And there's more options and there's more platforms to find that support to perpetuate uh, that diluted, uh, I guess, uh, way of dealing with stuff. Yeah. I'm just always curious that now you've come out, you're at the back end of it. Are there tools? Like, I guess, are there tools that you would say to other people if you are in the midst of it? What would you, what would you do now? What can you tell them to go? Hey, you need to stop doing this. Do this. Is it go see therapy? Go tell your parents. Go tell your friends. Get off the blogs. Like, like I honestly, I don't know because mm. I, you have to decide to get better, and when you have an eating disorder, it is so hard to decide to not want to be thin anymore because that's what you're you basically like in your mind you're like i'm deciding to be fat even though it's not the case even though you'll be like yep. starving yourself and eating yes. like a pee a day or whatever you're like it's like this you have to consciously decide to be fat and that is impossible for a lot of people and i don't like for me it was literally like the <laughs> i was just lazy like at first i was like don't vomit and that was my main thing right. i was like not gonna vomit it stopped vomiting then i started exercising every day and then i just started drinking alcohol because i came at that age and i'm going to comedy and then i was like i can't be bothered to run because i'm right. like fucking I love drunk it. all the time you're the first guest we <laughs> have that alcohol has helped you yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what i was gonna say yeah. i love the idea that you go through all that and then you hit yeah. the comedy set and go okay i'll just start drinking and have 30 year old men crack onto me after exactly. every quick but the other thing is like because you think you're so ugly and then when you like turn when you're like a half asian girl on the comedy scene in sydney in 2012 yeah. <laughs> every fuckhead wants to have sex with yeah you. oh my god that's right um and anyway so here are 20 people in- i'm me tooing right now no i'm kidding um, but basically like <laughs> it, it was like being like salmon in a bear pit, as Patrice O'Neill says. Yeah, like, yeah it, was, it would be. And I was like, oh, I'm not that ugly because everybody here wants to fuck me. I didn't realize that they didn't like me. I thought that they all like were in love with me, which was r- absolutely wrong. Yeah. Like I, they just wanted to have an eighteen-year-old Asian pussy. Um, <laughs> like, oh, we got the name of the podcast and the episode ready. Eighteen-year-old Asian pussy, pussy. Yeah. Nina, you are. Yeah. Now I'm 25. No. Like no one hits on me. They're like too old. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I actually had a boyfriend quite... that dumped me when I turned 18. I was like, mm. <laughs> that's wow. what it says. Wow. Um, Hang on, wait. No offense, now it's fine. No, tell me it. this because that feels like it's the link is the self esteem thing right it feeling, absolutely is right so in high school no self-esteem you try to get self-esteem through uh thinking that you're not beautiful enough so you try yeah. and lose weight yeah then you find an outlet where you're getting that self-esteem so it gets replaced yeah with you know having sex with strange men right right <laughs> yeah. so it's still so, a, it's a still a compulse yeah compulsion. it's always like seeing that validation and stand-up is very much the same it's like yeah, if i yeah, can control yeah. this room for five minutes that makes me worth living or whatever. So it, a, it's a similar all this. All I love this. it. You go through all that and then you do stand-up. Yeah. Which is one of the most insecure professions. Mm. Like It makes perfect sense. It's like, of though. course. It's like, yeah, of yeah. course it is. It's but, but it's just it, that it perpetuates the same, like, you know, do you know what I mean? You're, you're in that circle of, mm-hmm. of dealing with your ego, uh, like all that kind of stuff, that insecurity, the uncertainty of what the future holds. like Identity and all that yeah. stuff. Tell me about control because control seems to be the key word that I'm hearing whenever I hear about people who have had eating disorders on the other end, which is that we talked about this Why when Ben and I did our fasting, we have this euphoric feeling and a friend was suggesting that maybe the euphoria is having control over something that you felt like you never had control of before. Like being able to restrict yourself from binging in itself felt good because it's like, oh, I thought I had a weakness, but no, it's now I'm on top of it. And the more you're holding back from giving into the, the more, the better you feel. Is there, is there a sense of losing control when you try to start eating again? Uh, I don't 
possibly, but I don't think, I think mine was like mostly about validation. Like I think it was literally just like being thin validates me. Other people say that I'm looking better. Like being, doing, sleeping with people validates me because like they think that I'm attractive. Being, doing a stand up validates me because people are laughing at my jokes. But then later, because I also had another (laughs) eating disorder. I had anorexia um, before filming Utopia in 2016, I think. 2017. Yeah, 2017. So that's um, two years that ago. was like a summer of like I just didn't eat and that was all about retaining control. Can I ask the difference between bulimia and anorexia? Bulimia is like you binge so that yep. you can vomit up. It's like a catharsis. Like it's a very different – whereas anorexia is like – Don't eat. You just don't eat and you're – I don't know. It's like a weird – bulimia is like you're losing control and regaining control again. It's right. kind of like bouncing a ball against the wall. You know, like it comes back, it comes back, right. it comes back. Whereas anorexia is like I'm not even going to throw this ball. I'm just going to yeah. hold on to it. And right. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not even getting a lick of the ball. I'm yeah, just lick right. There's too many calories. And it's hard at all. Because with bulimia, well, I feel dust. like you can hide it to a degree more because you are getting stuff in. You're still out and about it, eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With anorexia, because I remember my friend, my friend had anorexia when she came back. I, the image is just stuck with me is watching her hold an apple mm. and the apple looked so big in her hand and it was just a normal apple. And just her staring at it and not being able to even put it to her mouth. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow. They're so, and weak. Like you are weak when you're anorexic. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is like all the things that are meant to help you to do with anorexia, like um, like texts and like I've read heaps of like anorexia, like I don't know how to describe it, like storytelling and stories about that that are supposed to be like anti-anorexia. But because they all describe the feeling of being anorexia, anorexic, they can turn into like pro-anorexic um, propaganda. Mm. So on the websites they'll have – this was a story by like Laurie House Anderson who, about a girl who gets anorexia so bad she nearly dies and like literally pro-anorexia blogs would like have excerpts from that about like her eating a mushroom and the mushroom would like bloom in her stomach and that would be her food for the week. Like yep. that was – that's Fuck. kind of how yeah. they think because they think like if they have a little morsel of something and they drink some water, then it, it, it will grows. balloon in their stomach. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's insanity. Just the justification of why you're doing it. And you are literally poisoning your body by not eating because the body starts eating itself. Yeah. And then you can then find these deluded moments that like even then like a piece of crust can sustain you for a month. Yeah. Which I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like scientifically, I'm like, it doesn't work that way, you idiot. Um, You become like, yeah, so like. It's like climate change denial or some shit. It's like. Is it, is it, is it. Is it the same on the other end of the spectrum where if you keep like overeating and telling yourself that there's nothing wrong with this, like, you know what I mean? Like, like is it the same but the over, it, it's, it's. I think it's the consequences are different because if you're overeating, you know, of course. I'm you, talking excessive overeating. Yeah, excessive overeating. There is a point where you are, I guess, then you are, you have health issues, diabetes, your chance of having a heart attack. It's just when you go the other spectrum, the consequences appear so much more quickly because you are dying. But you're dying the – oh, okay. So Do you know what I mean? Sorry, you are, sorry, sorry. You are right. actually the, And it's also – it's like a, I think it's easy because you get – like you become privileged when you become thin. Like that's a straight-up thing. Like when I was at my like most unhealthy – I used to host trivia nights and I literally – this is fucked up. It sounds like bragging. It's not bragging. It is kind of – I don't know, whatever. Um, But basically like I would host trivia and like I remember one night I had just had like a line of men like lining up for my phone number and I was like this has never happened to me before – this night, but it was because I was like 55 kilos or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, which is like not healthy. And also like the way men react to you is so different. Like I would re- like, yeah, I don't know. I was like kind of a bit rude to a guy and he threw a glass at me Fuck. when I was like, and I don't know if it was because I was thin, but like I noticed that shit never happened to me when I wasn't thin. Right, right, So right. I don't know. Yeah. But again, it's, so, cre- it's creating it's like, that environment and then finding those justifications for what you're doing. Yeah. Because I think then you look for those justifications. That's why I'm so blown away that, you know, you can go down this path and then have that forum that will justify you in that forum. And then the real world, it just perpetuates like, oh, this that guy wants my telephone and that's because of I'm thin. That's because I'm not eating. Like, yeah. That alone is just so dangerous. So I guess I have a follow-up question is that you then experienced anorexia. You've got through that. Are you ever scared that there's another one around the corner? Um, I don't know. Sometimes I am. I always have this idea in my brain, oh, this is so unhealthy. God, this is a real therapy session. Um, I always think that I'm one day going to be like thinner than I am. And I know that that's probably really bad, but then – 
like now I'm happy where I am, but yeah. I'd say if I put on like two or three kilos, I'd be like, there's going to be a better day than this when I'm, and that's really fucked up because I'm not yeah. like a big person. Yeah. Um, no, not at all. That's why I find it interesting that even like you saw, say when we were filming Utopia, um, I was what, like 115, 116 kilos trying mm. to lose weight, seeing me and you were off the back of the anorexia and you're like, oh, I should do what he's doing. Like yeah. it's so weird for me to think about that moment where you're looking at someone who is, you know, 30 kilos obese and you're like, he's got the right idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and whereas you're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And back then, you were you, you were not just taking the sandwiches off. You were taking the sandwiches off other sandwiches and then putting them together and eating them. No, no, I think I was still trying. I was still trying were to. Were you? I don't think so. Because so. remember, I, was, I don't think so. I was, why, why else was I taking off the? No, th- there was this year, man. What, I don't know what you're talking about this year. This year, Dill doesn't eat carbs. <laughs> I mean, is that, are you I'm not trying, allowed to? Are you secretly like? I'm, eating? I'm trying to protect us oh. both from our contract. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what do you mean uh, this year? Uh, sorry, uh, no, I meant oh yeah, because of the. Yeah, just kidding. Um, last year, anyway. I mean, just in general, well, in general, not necessarily at YouTube. Not Um, we'll just bleep that bit. Um, but like when I when we eat together or whatever, like mm. you donate. Carbohydrates, like you yeah. will take the filling out of a wrap. Yeah, yeah. sure, exactly. That's and I, I think, I think I, I, it was funny the way you described bulimia. It did kind of very briefly remind me of my diet with cheat days, which is you know you 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 calorie restrict for six days and then you have a seventh day of going crazy. Oh, it's yeah. almost like controlled it bulimia. Has, yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a catharsis. It's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like it's purge. Literally, you are purging. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's the reverse though. It's like hmm. you're 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 giving that self like a little bit of a freedom to. So the same thing with my. So if yours was under eating, mine was over eating as an issue. Yeah. And under eating, uh, you would purge it through by you know extreme like by throwing it up. Mm. Whereas mine was giving into the monster of letting it go crazy. Yeah. Over eating. Because well, at least you're like, well, I'm responsible for this food. Well, sh- I, I, what I would say about the cheat, like I've always said, is it, it's it's a delayed. It's it's about bringing back some sense of that I'm not depriving myself, so I can stick to the diet for longer. So if six six out of the seven days, if I'm being conscious and aware of what I'm putting into my body, that is why I ended up losing weight. But if you told me I have to do that every day, I would have given up and thrown in the towel at some point. Yeah, yeah, So it's yeah. just about understanding my brain, knowing that I like to overeat. And it's getting less and less over time, as I've discussed. Or rather, it's not that it's getting less as much as it's like when I'm full, I stop. Mm. Whereas when I first started the diet, even if I was full, that fear of not being able to have it again for another week would mean I'd force it down my throat. Like really. Sh- like like, f- like how they make frog wa. You know, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just stuff the just stuff that's like, ah, shit. Ah, yeah, yeah. Deal like a stuffed yeah. zucchini flower. Um, we got We uh, should have, but I feel like we didn't. I uh, want to make sure I cross this off. Is there a thing that you could share with people in terms of trying to seek help as to any kind of strategies, any 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 first steps that are worth mentioning? Oh God, I don't know. For me, sure. it was just like. What do you think helped you? Put it that way. Forget about what the steps yeah. are. Yeah, I had a job. That's what held me. Like that's always what has helped me is like when I get a job. That's a regular job. That's something that I like. So when I was doing third season of Utopia, I liked that, and I I started eating normally because I went to a regular. Whereas before I was, you know, working at Super, and everyone there was a sixteen year old fuckhead, and like, yeah. and I'd do comedy, and it was just like a really irregular lifestyle. Mm. Whereas once I had a routine where I'd go to set and then I would eat some yogurt or whatever, like. Structure. Yeah, structure. And then what right. I did tonightly, I stopped drinking because it was like I needed I, my brain to work on stuff. And so, like, there was just once structure happened, structure took precedent over, like, the way that I was treating my body. Right. So it's, again, a, a bit of control, I guess. You have something else to be in control of and in charge. Yeah, it's more like priority, I, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. just a priority. If your day is structured, we've talked about this, but if your day is structured and you tick those things off, yeah. then the momentum kicks in. If you yeah. don't have that structure before, you know, you're like, well, I'm not going to eat yeah. here. There's that 16-year-old fuckhead and I'm just Yeah, like, if I'm, I'm doing a shitty retail job, like, I'm not thinking about the retail job. But no. if I'm doing a writing or an acting right. job, I'm thinking about that job and not thinking about my eating disorder. So that's kind of the way that I So it's it. again, yes. Okay. So if I were to speculate as to the things we've discussed, it 
sounds like it comes back to self-esteem because because you mentioned how that since you've been in a longer term relationship you this is the summer that you didn't feel like you needed to you know go crazy with exercise and diet because you're already in a committed relationship so that could be the link between you feeling good about yourself again because you know you have this relationship that is giving you a sense of self-worth um and i wonder whether that's is that what the final thing is? Just finding Probably. a way, finding a way to get a sense of self worth without these external factors. Like, it, is it is it a relationship? Whether it is a uh, compliment, whether it's yeah. stand up, just finding a way to know that you're worthy of treating yourself well, regardless of what the external factors are. Yeah, that is probably exactly it. Mm. And and that's and that's. Uh, and now that I know that I'm than... gonna dump my boyfriend for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how I survive now. Yeah. Oh. I do. I do. I do want to ask that though. Like, do you, do you being mindful of that? Does that mean you know? Like, I I don't know. I'm because I'm in not constant fear, but I always think about relapsing for yeah. me in terms of over. Really? Is he still? Man, why wouldn't I? Uh, After I've, 30 years of doing it, I'm not. See, I've, you've always been very like, oh, we're done. We're never going back again. I'm always like, no, I don't know. I, no, but I, I've got to. I, I, we've mentioned it before, but I feel like this. it's different for me this time purely because I've got the kids. I think that if I didn't have the kids, I think I'd be in the same position. Yeah, sure, Fucking maybe. kids, man. But I'm just saying I'm constantly. Fucking kids. I'm constantly. <laughs> I'm big comes where had, people. <laughs> big, big comes. Big comes oh, It was there. <laughs> A lot of cardio and protein. Uh, Actually, no cardio. Too much. (laughs) I think going ongoing for me, I feel like the reason I'm feeling more confident is because I'm more aware of it. So I know what my triggers of, uh, you know, relapsing are, which is stress and lack of self-love and blah, blah, blah. So that's why I'm working on those things. So in that sense, I know I'm more confident and I don't have alcohol as a a thing that's going to pull me down again. So, right, I've got those in. But that's not to say that I don't fully... I, I respect the fact that my current default position is to keep going back into being a mm-hmm. fat guy. Yeah. Like that's that I'm this last year has been a consistent battle against those impulses. Yeah. So that's what I kind of more what I mean why I'm not I'm, I'm in fear of the relapse is not because I don't think that it that I don't think I'll get there, but I'm aware that I had the potential too. So in the flip side of that with you, Nina, I was wondering is that knowing that this is something that is kind of, you know, every summer it's you sort like of mention. in my nature. Yeah. Well, this is actually, I don't think I will relapse and this is why is because I am mentally now more healthy than I've ever been in my entire life and I can like, I actually have like repressed so many memories. Like I don't remember very much of my life from age 18 and 22 because I was such a dick and like mentally ill person and that I don't want to remember what it's like right. to be back in that space. And I think that that for me is very like, that's the line of eating disorder is like that's a crazy person who I don't know anymore and I'm not in danger of being that person again because that I don't want to be them. Yep. And I see people like that. Like I had an old housemate that was bulimic but she also had like um like a heart condition that meant whenever she threw up she would have a stroke and <sighs> despite knowing that about herself she sustained her bulimia. Like she kept having it and I just went like that is so – and she eventually like left to get help. Like don't worry, she's fine now. Yeah. But like – it's just like that level of like delusional or like insanity that mm. is makes you have an eating disorder is like not something I ever want to have or be affiliated right, with. Right. So I don't think that I'm in danger of slipping because you because you're it. aware of the negative consequences more. Like it's more prominent in your head than yeah, it was. It's in like the I become stuff. a different person. <laughs> right. Hundred percent. Right. Right. Okay. Um, well, glad to hear that. A hot man. person. And- that's like really cool. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> like a like a bad crazy person uh, that treats people really awfully um, as well. So look, thank, thank you, you yeah. so much for being so honest. Like we cannot thank you enough. It has mm. been absolutely and an eye. Open up, especially for me, uh, looking at the future as well, uh, but also for people listening. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me do therapy. <laughs> I'm glad I don't know how to navigate the health system, so yeah. I need this. Hey, uh, tell us about your comedy festival show, which is all about your driving issues, which it's, we can't, we don't have time to get into. Yeah. Okay, I have a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's called Nina Oyama Needs a Lift. It's at the forum at 9.45 every day, except for Sunday when it's on at 8.45. Mm-hmm. And Are you doing Sydney Comedy Festival? I am doing Sydney Comedy Festival in May and the show is about all my driving offences. I think I've had 13 and I've lost my licence like four times. <laughs> so, And I'm on my P's still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to put that into perspective, um, 
that's what it's about. And it's a lot of fun, really dumb stories mm, from great. my life. I heard um, uh, positive re- feedback about your trial shows recently, so that's a good sign. Uh, from t- me. <laughs> that's oh, true. No, from other people. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what, uh, tell us about the uh, your uh, – I should say you are a great stand-up. In fact, the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, handpicked you, what, three, four years ago uh, for their Comedy Zone show, which is where they showcase uh, five of the best up-and-comers. So Nina is absolutely worth checking out at the Comedy Festival. Um, but also you're very, very funny on Instagram and Twitter. Tell us about your details there. It's- oh, yeah. My Instagram is at nina.oyama. Uh, you can see pictures of me being a gronk. And on in Twitter, I'm at Nina Oyama. I tweet mostly about my butthole and <laughs> cums. If you love if you love cums, please then check out my Twitter. Board. Yeah, uh, my last tweet was about... No, you know what? You're just going to have to look it up. <laughs> it's got like 700 likes. It's uh, worth it. Ben, ben and I both have comedy festival shows. I'm at Melbourne uh, at the Victoria Hotel, 9.45 every night except uh, Sundays, which is 8.45. Uh, the show is called Cheat Days, uh, and I'll be at the Sydney Comedy Festival May 11th and 12th. Uh, go check it out, please. And also, um, uh, Ben, you? Yes, uh, the Caffeinator returns 9th till the 20th uh, in Melbourne at Campari House at 7.15 at uh, Tuesdays and and Saturdays are pretty much sold out, but uh, there's still some tickets available for Wednesdays and Thursdays, so grab a ticket. And also, Sydney Comedy Festival, uh, thank you all. I assume it'd be Fitbit. Listeners, brand new show, A Love Handles, uh, at 8.30 at the factory. But if you've stuck around after all those plugs, we have something very exciting to announce. Oh, yes. Uh, ben and I'm officially going to say it for the first time here. Uh, yeah. April 21st at 4.30 p.m. at the European Beer Cafe, um, have a good day. That's all. <laughs> no, uh, we're going to do a live Fitbit episode. Yes. Uh, we literally only locked it in um, just before Nina walked in. Or you were in the studio when we you saw the you saw the community oh, meeting yeah. that we had. Yep. It was so crucial. It was spreadsheets. It was just them on their phones. It was so boring. Talk to me. Big announcement. Big announcement. First yeah, live show. So, first live show. We don't know what the ticket uh, details are yet because literally um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Hopefully by the time this comes out, yes. we'll have a ticketing link. Uh, but uh, please. Please do come along for that. It is straight after Josh Hill's uh, Don't You Know Who I Am podcast, which I know we have a lot of crossover listeners. So please do stick around for our pod. It, uh, We'd love be, to. We, uh, we'll have a bassoon playing. <laughs> we'll have, uh, you That's know, me. Nina, Nina's going to be throwing up in the corner. It'll be uh, amazing. We'll have a weigh-in. It'll be amazing. Yeah. But uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening today. Uh, hope... Uh, you got something out of it. I know me and Ben definitely yeah. did. And again, once of uh, genuinely, Nina, thank you so much for sharing so openly and honestly. We appreciate cool. that. Thanks for having awesome. me. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.